Welcome to the official podcast of the Hoffeld Group. Your host is the CEO and Chief Sales Trainer of the Hoffeld Group, David Hoffeld. Welcome to the Science of Selling, the place where you get actionable sales insights that are backed by hard science. I'm your host, David Huffel. Today, we are going to talk about what should you focus on as you begin a sales career. Now, I know many of our listeners are not beginning their sales career, but hang in there with me because a lot of the advice I'm going to give, I'm going to focus on seven specific things in rapid fire. And I guarantee you, this is a good reminder for even those of us who are well into our sales careers because it might reveal some areas you want to course correct on. So we are going to dive in and talk about seven things you really want to focus on if you are beginning your sales career. And for those of you who are well into your career, seven things you want to remind yourself of to make sure you're continuing to focus on throughout your career. So let's dive in. Number one, invest in yourself. This is a big one, especially early on, but it's never too late to begin investing in yourself. But earlier is so much better. So we've talked about in my books, our training, and even this podcast, the benefits of a growth mindset that view your sales skills like a muscle you'll need to continually develop. But early on in your sales career, The tendency I see in the marketplace is to go cheap on investing in yourself. People say, well, I'll invest more in myself when I make more money. That's a huge mistake. What you want to do is go overboard in investing in yourself. Many of us who are listening have gone to college or have advanced degrees. You paid tens of thousands of dollars to learn that information to acquire those degrees. And yet when you go into a profession like selling, a skill-based profession where you can be very well compensated when you become skilled at it and competent at it, we get very cheap. We don't want to invest in ourselves. We rely on the company we work for entirely to invest in us. And though many great companies do invest in their people, what I want to challenge you to do is no matter how much your company invests in you, whether it's quite a bit or not at all, you want to always invest in yourself. And this is somewhere the more liberal you are early on, the more successful you'll be. This is a big deal. So you want to invest time and money into developing your skills as quickly as possible. There is no better investment you can make than the one you put into yourself because you will always be with you. And you can invest in a lot of different things in our world, Many investments are great. You can make a lot of money, but there is no better investment than you. And I have said this before. I'll say it again. If I would have relied early in my career on the companies that I worked for when I was selling, if I would have relied on them for my improvement, you would not be listening to me right now because I got very little to no help in that regard besides initial new hire training when I joined a company. After that, you're kind of was on your own, but it didn't matter because I liberally invested in myself. Even when I didn't have a lot of money, I would spend excessive amounts of money, sometimes 10, 15% of my gross income. Give you a number. I'm not talking like $50. Okay. I was hungry for success as a young man. And so I would invest 10 to 15% of my income, even when that wasn't that much early in my career in investing in myself to get myself better. And that's the only reason 
that you are listening to this podcast right now. Number two thing I'll share with you as you begin your career or to remind you of is focus on buying, not selling. The fundamental problem with why we don't sell more is we are overly focused on selling and we ignore buying. What I would recommend, what the science tells us to do is to focus on how people buy and let that inform how you should sell. In other words, how does our brain make a buying decision? What are the factors that influence us to go one way or another? Focus on that. That will give you a great foundation with how should I now sell? Instead of trying to mimic another salesperson or just embrace some philosophy you read in the book that has zero evidence behind it, I would challenge you to look at how does our brain form a buying decision? And we talk about this podcast in great detail. I also have two books on the topic and also our training, which you can view at huffeldgroup.com. So check that out. But always be focused on buying more than selling because buying should inform how we sell. Most of the time in most companies with most salespeople, it does not. They totally ignore the buying process and they focus just on what feels right for them or how they'd want to be sold to. It's very narcissistic. Most sales philosophies, when you ask, why do you do it that way? It usually comes back to selling, not buying. So that is something if you go in with that philosophy early in your career, boy, that will set you up to dominate. And it'll really pay off in the long run. Number three, I would say when you're beginning your career, and this is a good reminder for all of us, though, and that is pursue hard things. Early in my life as a young man, I would look for the easy way. And I realized in my mid-20s, early to mid-20s, that the things that I achieved that weren't hard didn't really matter. They didn't pay off the same. And those things that were really, really challenging that were a grind to get through, after I had done it, I was proud of them. And there was a much more substantial, longer payoff. And so I changed my philosophy radically as a young man. And what I decided to do was to pursue hard things, to not look for the easy way out, because what is easy rarely changes anything. In fact, it really matters. Things are hard for a reason. Pursuing those things, you'll be much more glad you did 10 years from now than if you take the easy way. So look for hard things, things that have a wall around them, that it's challenging to scale because once you scale that, it feels much better than something that's very easy. And that wall of challenge, that keeps most people out. You want it to be hard because that's what makes it matter. You'll be proud of it. That's what makes it you differentiate yourself in today's marketplace. So don't run from hard things. I would challenge you run to them. Now, will this be an uphill battle of climbing that big hill? Absolutely. But once you get to the top, you're at a much higher place than if you pursue the easy short hill that you can jaunt up with relative ease. So give that one some thought. Number four, Follow your passion. And this is something I write about in my newest book, Sell More with Science. There's so much great science on this that I believe should you follow, for example, the money or your passion, I don't think it's even really a debate anymore. Once you look at it through the lens of science, if you just ask people their opinions, whether people say different things, and I don't know if that really matters that much, what you want to focus on is what is science saying? And the science is pretty overwhelming here. I go into it in detail in chapter two of Sell More with Science. You can check that out. But a real quick synopsis is 
When you pursue your passion, you are A, far more likely to be successful, and B, you're far more likely to be well compensated financially, too, because when you pursue something you're passionate about, you'll continue to put the necessary time and effort into pursuing it. Why? Because you're passionate about it. If you're not passionate about it, well, then you don't want to think about it in your off hours. You don't want to put the extra work in because you don't really enjoy doing it. You're just doing it for a paycheck. And so this applies a lot in selling. Sell something you enjoy. Sell something you like, right? If you're in technology sales and you hate technology, well, why are you doing that? Why do you want to talk about something all day you don't really like? If it's just for the money, you only get one ride on this earth, right? Life is short. The older you get, the shorter it seems, the faster it goes. Money's nice. Don't get me wrong. It makes life more interesting. It gives you more options and it gives you more freedom. But the other side of the coin is don't spend your time for money and focus on those things you're passionate about because you'll enjoy the time more and you're more willing to go the extra mile because you enjoy talking about it. So pursue what you're passionate about. If that's selling, sell. If it's not, do something else. If it's selling certain kinds of things, well, do that. What is your passion? And follow that and that'll make your life more enjoyable. And in the long run, the research shows you're more likely to be successful. Let me give you an example that I cite in my book. I thought it was a good way to bring this idea to life. Imagine that you have a loved one who needs an operation, and there's two doctors that could do the operation. And the first one, he doesn't really have a passion for being a surgeon. What his passion really is, is golf. He loves to golf. In fact, he thinks about it all the time, and he takes a couple days off during the week to go to the country club and to golf. And that is what his passion is. In fact, when he's not golfing, he thinks about golfing. Now, there's another surgeon. Her passion is really serving her patients. And so she's always reading the latest research journals and going to the conferences and really hyper-focused on how do I get better as a surgeon? How do I become more skilled? How do I find out what the newest thing is that might give my patients better outcomes? Everything else being equal, which of those two would you choose? And of course, you know the answer before I even finish the question. You want the second surgeon. Why? Because your loved one is more likely to have a successful outcome with her than the first who just treats being a surgeon as a job, whereas the second treats it as a passion. It's part of who she is and what she cares about. The same is true with you. Follow your passion. And again, for more information on this, check out the second half of the second chapter in Sell More with Science. Number five, I want you to view failure as feedback. Here's the reality. When you are beginning something, especially like a sales career, most things look like a failure when you're in the early stages or the middle stages of it. As you're beginning something, it feels like you're failing. And to outsiders, it's like, well, you're not really accomplishing much. And that's true because you're beginning something, you're in the middle stages of it. So things often look and feel like failures when you're early on or in the middle. So persistence is the key to success. And when you pursue a big goal, a lot of people will doubt you, but you wanna view any failures you do have along the way as not an indictment against you. In other words, you're not a failure when you fail, because when you begin in selling or any skill-based profession, you're gonna have some challenges, you're gonna make mistakes, you're gonna have some failure. That's okay. You view them as feedback. Okay, this tells me what I shouldn't do. Now, what should I have done in that situation? And so you want to begin to think like that, that mindset. Failure 
isn't fatal, it's feedback. It's not fatal, it's feedback. Because listen, here's the reality. As you continue to persist and you push through those challenges and you overcome them down the road, what will happen to those naysayers? Those people in your life right now who might be looking down on you as you're beginning something or as you're kind of struggling to learn this thing called selling, what happens down the road when you become successful? Two things I've found, and I'll give you a little snapshot of your future for those of you who follow these ideas. When you do become successful, number one, they'll say, I always knew you could do it, which is nice. And number two, they will ask you for money. That's true. That's <laughs> true. They will. So be ready for that. They'll ask you for money. Number six, what I want you to focus on is pushing yourself more than your sales manager will. Push yourself more than your sales manager. You want to have a rule that whatever your sales manager requires from you, you want to go beyond that. It is problematic when your sales manager is more focused on your success than you are. So you want to, whatever their expectations are for you, you want to go beyond that. You want to believe in yourself. You want to work hard to become an elite performer. And as I always say, and this is important, there is a price for success and you always pay that price up front. So push yourself more. Whatever your sales manager wants, you want to go the extra mile. So for example, if you're just beginning your sales career and you're in new hire training and your sales manager says, hey, I want you to really work on this for an hour tonight. Great. I'm going to work on it for two. Hey, I want you to really work on, you know, read this book over the next month. Great. I'll read it over the next week. I want to go more, whatever he or she says, I want to go beyond that because I don't need a sales manager to push me to greatness. I'm self-motivated. I don't need anyone pushing me, right? I'm already way ahead of their expectations. So think through that because the top salespeople I've ever worked with, they push themselves far more than their manager does. And number seven, and perhaps the most important one of, of all, and this is something I also address in chapter eight of Sell More with Science, if you want more details on it, and that is keep your integrity. This is a big one in selling because there will be times, especially early in your career, when you're going to feel a lot of pressure to perform and you're still figuring this thing out called selling and you will be tempted, you will be tempted to compromise. Maybe it's withholding some information you know that might deter a buyer, but that you should tell them. Maybe it is not telling them all the details about the product or service. Uh, maybe it's flat out lying. All of that is wrong. And one thing that you want to embrace early in your career is there will be many opportunities for you to sell your integrity, but your integrity should never be for sale. In other words, if you have to compromise your integrity or lose the sale, lose the sale. Now, I'm a sales trainer. I'm passionate about selling. I help companies all around the world and people all around the world sell a lot more. I leverage the latest science to do this. I'm hyper-focused on results. I'm telling you, if it comes between your integrity and the sale, lose the sale. You will forget about that faster than you can imagine. It will bother you much less than you think. When you sell your integrity, it will haunt you the rest of your life. Do not sell your integrity. If you need another reason why you shouldn't sell your integrity, in our transparent marketplace, oftentimes when people sell their integrity early in their career, they compromise on what they know to be right. It'll often derail their career before it's even gotten started. So you want to be very mindful of this. And one of the places that science, numerous studies that I cite in chapter eight of Sell More with Science, 
have shown people are most likely to be tempted to compromise their integrity is early in the career when you're still learning this thing called selling and the pressure is on. So what you want to do is commit to integrity. And if you want to know more details about how to do that, check out Sell More Science Chapter 8. We've talked about seven things today. Number one, invest in yourself. Number two, focus on buying, not selling. Number three, pursue hard things. Number four, follow that passion. Number five, view failure as feedback. Number six, push yourself more than your sales manager ever will. And number seven, keep your integrity. These seven rules will guide your career, set you up for huge amounts of long-term success, and there are good reminders to review throughout your career because if you violate any one of those seven, it will always hinder your sales career and more importantly, it could hinder your life. So give this some thought and then what are you waiting for? Get out there and sell something. I'll see you next time. <laughs>